Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Church of Roy podcast. I am Steve Dewald, associate editor at Blazers Edge, and I'm joined fresh back from his trip to Hawaii, a little jet lag. Brian Wilcox, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I think a little is an understatement, but uh, I'm a lot of jet lag and it looked, uh, drying out a little bit from the islands, but I had a yeah, great time over there. Yeah, it looks like you may have only not only drank alcoholic beverages while you're there. No no offense, buddy, but you're looking looking like you might need some, some H2O and, and some easy days, maybe some milk thistle for your liver. That's usually works, right? Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue that at all. <laughs> I mean, that's how you do Hawaii right, you know? It's just so, a constant, steady pina colada stream in my tie. So mm, nothing like sugar and sugar. Yeah, so, yeah. But I like it. I like it. Let's go. You're only young once, my friend. Not that oh, young so, anymore. <laughs> so the Blazers have made a couple little smaller moves. We're kind of coming into focus of what the tail end of this roster could look like. Um, you know, thirteen guys for sure under contract, and in the last week they've come in and. Asked a couple guys to come to camp, giving them unguaranteed contracts, basically prove it deals. Um, Marquise Chris and Dennis Smith Jr., both former lottery picks, two very different position groups. I kind of want to get into Dennis Smith Jr. first because I think for me, I, I have a couple special memories of him. Like kind of my first summer league I went to was his first year in the league with the Mavs. And he was just such appointment viewing when you were there. I mean, that went from the warm-ups to when he played. One of the best in-person dunks I've ever seen was in the layup line. The The kid has amazing hops, uh, rumored to be a 48-inch vertical, and it yeah. looks every bit of it when you watch him play. Um, still only 23 years old, has kind of been in some weird situations in this league. What do you think of Dennis Smith Jr.? Do you like the signing? Do you like what the Portland's trying to do with him and bringing him in maybe as a prove-it little guard insurance for this team? Yeah, I definitely don't hate it. I mean, a guy with that kind of athleticism would 
he'd probably immediately slide in as the best athlete in Portland's backcourt. And that's saying something when you have Simons and Lillard back there, both some pretty good athletes. So um, I like it. He's, he really has had a weird career with, you know, he got a lot of opportunities to shoot and play um, early in his career. And it seemed like he could just never get his efficiency to a spot where he was a plus player, right? He, he kind of looks the part, but then at the end of the game, he's five for 15 and, you know, and that was just seemed like it was every game. And he was never really able to get over the hump and improve his shooting efficiency to be a plus player. But, you know, it, I'd be curious. To, he's worth taking a look at and bringing him in and, and see what he looks like at this stage. Hey, guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here in the Church of Roy called Spotify Green Room. Green Room is a live audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it up, peeps. I, I like this. I, I think Olshade typically does a really good job of targeting these buy-low type players. And I think Dennis Smith Jr., just from the opportunities he's had and the organizations he's with and the situations he's been in, I think there is a lot of untapped potential here. I mean, just look, he was a number nine pick in 2017, the point guard of the future for the Mavs. And then lo and behold, they end up in position to take Luca the very next year. And then from that point on, Dennis Smith Jr.'s future in Dallas is basically you can see the writing on the wall that, you know, he's not going to be the ball dominant presence for that team. It's clearly going to be Luka Doncic moving forward. Right. Then he, he ends up bouncing around a little bit, goes to the Knicks who this was not the Knicks of last year. This is a Knicks that was very much wandering through the forest and doesn't really know what it's trying to do. And not only is Dennis Smith jr. Kind of lost in that shuffle. I mean, he's not even the only point guard that's kind of, former lottery point guard that's lost in this kind of abyss along with Frankie smokes there too. So last year he kind of lands in a weird Detroit situation where they are enduring some injury issues in their point, their point guard position. And he kind of, you know, doesn't do terrible, but I mean, obviously not enough to come back. I mean, he is in the 101 games that he did play with the Mavs, 14.5 points per game, 4.9 assists. But the big kind of thing that, gives me pause as a point guard is 2.9 turnovers per game. So mm-hmm. hopefully in a reduced role, hopefully as he gets older and he has more of that feel on the court, maybe those turnovers come down because that's something you really can't live with, with a second unit guard. Yeah. So I do see potential for him to play and especially if, I mean, he's got to come in and show out in camp. I mean, this is a, we're talking long shots here, but I think there's a situation where he could work next to Anthony Simons in that backcourt, like when you're talking like deep bench or some type of rotation where you just have two hyper-athletic guys out there on the floor. And then you factor in a guy like Larry Nance Jr. And all of a sudden you have a bunch of jump-out-of-the-gym athleticism on the court at the same time. Yeah, it'll be interesting too with with Chauncey coming in, how that second unit even operates. You know, maybe Mm – Dennis Smith can come in on this team and play a role where he's not asked to to do as much as he has in the past. He can kind of slide in as just a hyper athletic guy who can create his own shot a little bit. But to me, the the shooting still concerns me and and really looked at the turnovers. Those really pop out too. Um, that's that's a really good point. But I like it. It's a good flyer. Yeah, I mean, let, let's be clear here that 
<laughs> these guys are former lottery picks that are on a prove it deal in training camp. So they obviously arrived here for one a way reason. or another. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So things have not quite gone according to plan. Yep. Marquise Chris is a very interesting player. Let's just move on to him. I think, I think we've said enough about Dennis Smith Jr. Um, 24 years old still, number eight pick in 2016. Another situation where he goes to a weird era in Phoenix where, you know, it's Dragon Bender and him, and they're kind of wandering through the darkness as well. Tough um, draft for Phoenix. Yeah, real tough draft for Phoenix. Um, 154 games at the Suns, 124 of them are starts, eight points per game, 4.8 rebounds per game. Not terrible, but here's the problem. 43.8% from the field. As a big guy, that's just not efficient. And, and that's when you see a team like the Suns really go after an address center depth, go after DeAndre Ayton, you know, just two years mm -hmm. later after taking two big guys in the lottery just two years prior. Um, then – Gets bounced from Phoenix, 16 games with the Rockets, 27 games with the Cavs in the 2018-19 season, along with that last little stint with the with the Suns. But then this redemption arc kind of comes in 2019 and 20 with the Warriors. He has this weird relationship. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. or not, I wouldn't say weird, but this mentor, you know, student relationship with Draymond Green. Draymond Green really takes a liking to Marquise Chris. Um, he plays 59 games, 21 starts with that Warriors team. This is a Warriors team that's been severely injury depleted. This is the bubble year. So that's mm -hmm. why you're only seeing those 59 games. Yep. And really becomes kind of a locker room favorite in Golden State. A lot of those guys are really pulling for him. And then, he, you know, the next season he breaks his leg and doesn't make the team. He's one of the final cuts. Um, I am super intrigued by what Chris brings to the table. What's your initial take on Marquise Chris? I'm more intrigued by him than I am with the Dennis Smith Jr. signing just because I think that one is a big guy. You know, they might take a little bit longer to develop and kind of come into their own. Um, I don't think he had the opportunities that Dennis Smith Jr. had. Mm -hmm. coming into the league and just being inserted, you know, right into a, a clear cut role. Um, and, you know, just for, for his sake, he did kind of have a cool little redemption arc there with golden state and to see a guy, you know, lose that opportunity to injury is too bad. So it's cool. That he's getting another shot. Um, looking back, I think the same problem or the same thing I thought about him when he came out of the draft are the same things he kind of has now. It's just, He's not really great at any one thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the hope with him was that he'd really develop sort of a bankable NBA skill. And I don't know if he's quite done that yet, other than being really athletic. But mm -hmm. um, it's tough with a guy who can't create a shot, own shot, or stretch the floor. Mm -hmm. Not a great defender or rebounder. But I will say that his uh, block and steal numbers were on the kind of on the upswing, especially on that Golden State year. So. I think there are, he has shown flashes of being able to be a really versatile, um, you know, kind of unique defender on that end. So I really like this this pickup mm. for Portland. And I think <laughs> there there's some changes as far as what his attitude is like. And some of what Draymond has said about him is really like, 
you know, this is a player that never blamed the organizations that he went into. I mean, the Suns were a mess. Mm-hmm. And what and this is before the James Jones turnaround there. And, and really going to the Cavs and the Rockets at those times. I mean, also not great situations. He gets inserted into this, you know, real, you know, touched by Steve Kerr offense and really this high functioning team and his numbers increase across the board. His efficiency jumps up to 54.5% on his field goals, 9.3 points per game, 6.2 rebounds per game. You can see how he slots into an offense that's functioning. Mm -hmm. And I really wonder, especially for a Blazers team that does have a lot of injury questions or players that have had injury questions on their roster, I think Marquise Chris is a step in the right direction. I think Dennis Smith Jr., it could be the same thing that Chris went through with Golden State a couple years ago. Maybe Dennis Smith Jr. looks really good in a functioning offense with, you know, good role players and a clear-cut role. But we've already kind of seen that from Chris. And if he can stay healthy, there, you know, he becomes an insurance option. He becomes a player that can slot into, I could see, a Cody Zeller type role as a center, but also, you know, a poor man's Larry Nance Jr. So I do really like this pickup. I think if you're going to take a flyer, I think this is the type of guy where he does have some experience in multiple situations. He's been around a winning culture or a winning player with Draymond Green. The Warriors weren't winning when he was there. But I think he's the right type of player as far as what you want to bring into the locker room, onto the practice floor, and what you want to do later. Um, Enough about on-the-court stuff. I want to step away for just a second because obviously the big news this weekend was Damian Lillard looks like he threw a party that everybody wanted to be at, and Mm -hmm. it looked like a lot of his former teammates showed up for it. Um, Brian, what what would you have given to get a private Snoop Dogg concert and gone and, and gone to the Damien Lillard wedding? What, what do you think, bud? You know, I, I don't love wedding ceremonies, but that reception, man, I would have, I would have put a little money down to be able to attend that thing. It looked, it looked nuts. They had a lot of high profile people there. It was cool to see so many old blazers out there. i mm-hmm. um, in the mix and in current blazers. So I think it speaks to Dame as a, as a teammate and as an individual, how many, Blazers there were, but then also guys from other teams like Draymond and Brad Beal and and DeMar DeRozan and some of those guys. So there's a pickup game that breaks out at the the hypothetical pickup game (laughs) potentially breaks out at this wedding. You got to pick two running mates for your team. You can't pick Dame because he's obviously busy, but who do you pick from the people that were attending that wedding to roll with you in your in your pickup game? I think I'm taking Beal and probably Demar because I'd fill the Draymond Green role in the, oh, on the, on the squad. Oh, 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 <laughs> I can't okay. shoot, but I like to pass. All right, and uh, so yeah, that'd be. I, I think that'd be my my two running mates. What about you? I'm just going. I'm just going pure enjoyment factor. I think I'm going Evan Turner because mm. I think I think he'd probably be one of the funnest people to play pickup basketball with. And then I think I'm going old school. I'm going to Ed Davis here. Oh, wow. Now, I think I think you just got to get that big body down there. He's going to, you know, snatch up every rebound. He's going to make hard fouls. I think that's I think that's my Dame wedding. Uh, pickup. Spontaneous pickup team. team. Which that leaves me with, you know, so it's just some – I just get to sit in the corner and shoot my terrible three-point shot. So, I, you know, I'll play that game. That's um, fair. Uh, didn't you love the video of Draymond dancing? No. I just think that's like <laughs> – so on brand i just love that dude yeah yeah i i really hope 
that there is a chance for Draymond Green to someday unite with Damian Lillard, come to Portland and play here because I think – I don't know if I've ever felt this way about a player from another team of how much I really just want to root for that guy in for as a part of the Blazers. So he, he's definitely like number one on my list. Yeah. Um, outside of some of that, let, let's, I mean, I, I think it was important to touch on the, on the Lillard wedding. I mean, it was obvious. Congrats to Dame. Yep. Portland royalty, you know, huge congrats, like just beautiful family, beautiful ceremony, beautiful reception. It, it was cool to watch. Um, back to basketball after that little break. Um, Mark Stein came out with a new list of power rankings today. Uh, was not great for the Blazers. The Blazers came in at number 18 on the list, which that is not significantly lower. A lot of projections have them as kind of the number eight team in the West, but typically they're ahead of a few teams in the East. Mm-hmm. This put them basically at the tail end of any playoff team in both conferences. What do you make of the number 18 placement? A little too high, a little too low? What, what are you thinking? Just right? Hey guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here in the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it up, peeps. I think it's a little low. Um, they have Indiana at 17, Memphis at 16. I think that it's pretty easy to make a case to jump up two spots pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, it does get tougher, though, depending on how you feel about the Mavericks this year. They're at 13. Um, mm-hmm. But once again, I think this is the kind of how other franchises and, and media personalities view Portland. I, you know, I think we might be as, as you know, Portland's being our team a little higher on them than a lot of others. Mm -hmm. And so this has been a continued theme though, throughout Dame's career in Portland. So it doesn't really surprise me, but to get back and answer your question, I'd I'd say it's a few spots too low, but not, it's not completely out of bounds. It's just kind of jarring to see it in print (laughs) this close to training camp starting. Yeah. I, I do think it's low just for the fact that the Blazers did assemble, reassemble a starting lineup that was, really good when they play together and if that Mm -hmm. team can play together for an extended run in the regular season they should put up a really good regular season record they should be good and then Larry Nance Jr. is a great move is it the move that we all dreamed of the big you know clear contender move that we all hope for no it's probably not that but what it is is it addressed a clear need it addressed an issue on the bench it made them more versatile so yeah I I think 18 is a little low I don't think they belong in any list below 15 in any of these rankings. I think they're firmly in the top half of this league. And I I think there's room for growth, you know, to, if this starting lineups, if they can stay healthy, I think there is room for this team to knock on the top 10. If everything breaks their way. Now that is a regular season projection. I, I don't know if this team has really truly addressed some of the stuff that might plague them in the postseason. But, you know, postseason is when the pressure is on. And that's kind of the big takeaway I had from the Mark Stein article was it did bring up a big thought exercise for me. And he basically hinted that Chauncey Billups, of all the first-time head coaches, so there's five of them in the NBA this year, he is under the most pressure. So 
just to run through the list real quick in case we're not all familiar because there was a lot of changes going on. Mm-hmm. So we have Chauncey Bills with the Blazers, Willie Green with the Pelicans, M.A. Odoka with the Celtics, Wes Unsell Jr. with the Wizards, and Jamal Mosley with the Magic. When you look at those five situations and those five coaches and the expectations of their fan base, do you agree with Stein that Billups is probably under the most pressure of all those first-year head coaches? I have a hard time going I'm, – I'm kind of bouncing between Chauncey and Portland um, and the urgency Dames expressed and just kind of the storm brewing in New Orleans with Willie Green mm-hmm. is obviously the easy choice. Um, and if – you know, with, they're already being rumblings around Zion and, and getting him to stay. So I think both those guys are – kind of in, I'd maybe I'd maybe go Willie you know now that I really think about it because mm-hmm. Chauncey to me seems like a Billups or sorry Chauncey seems like a Neil O'Shea guy even if the shit kind of goes sideways this year I think that as you've seen through the roster construction mm-hmm. O'Shea rolls with his guys and mm-hmm. so I think he he'll have an opportunity to uh, stick around for a while but Willie Green with the Pelicans I, I think that's just a more volatile situation I would also not sleep on um, Udoka with the Celtics just because Tatum and Brown are sort of coming to that stage of their careers. I mean, they're, they're still very young, but I think they want to get back to the finals or Eastern Eastern finals and, and really start making some, some moves out there. So I think that he'll need to get that team performing at a much higher level pretty soon as well in order to meet their expectations. Yeah. I, you know, I think, if it was anybody but Udoka in that position, I would say that's probably it. But I just have so much faith in him as a, as a coaching candidate and as a head coach in this league that I kind of, in my own mind, take the pressure off. But let's just look yeah. at it this way. Like you said, you have Brown and Tatum, but you also have a really good coach that was known for his X's and O's and his demeanor and how he saw the game. That guy just seamlessly steps into Danny Ainge's position. Now you have Brad Stevens looking over your shoulder and going, well, yeah, and I don't know if Brad is the type of guy to do this, but there is the temptation to say, well, I wouldn't have used him that way, or I wouldn't have done this if he looked at this. And I don't know if he's going to Monday morning quarterback what Adoka's doing, but the potential is there. Um, it's kind of I, similar to Miami with Pat yeah. Riley and, and Spolster when that sort of similar dynamic, which yeah. – has worked really well down there, but who knows if Stevens has the same temperament as Riley, right? Well, and let's not let's not rewrite history here either. Like when the the Heat struggled, I mean, they only won two finals. Mm-hmm. When it wasn't going well, there was always that article floating around of Will Riley step in to save the Heat? You know, good point. And good point. and I don't know if that's I don't see Brad Stevens being that type, but the potential is there. I do agree with you. I think Willie Green. This is a point I've hit on over and over again with the Pelicans, that Zion Williamson situation is that's dicey for me to watch because that franchise is so scared of a repeat of the Anthony Davis situation to where you mm-hmm. are going to get second guess anytime you, the fan base or ownership feels like you're not using Zion Williamson correctly. Then I do think it is Billups. I think Billups is in the conversation just because of the Damian Lillard situation as far as, you know, how happy is he he in Portland? What is the expectation? I mean, it's clearly this team has to do more than just be a playoff team. So, and I don't know if there's anybody on this list outside of maybe the Celtics. Uh, Yeah, we'll put the Celtics on there. As a teams that have to do more than just make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So, that's a short list there. I think the rest of the team, obviously the Pelicans would love to get to the postseason with Zion still there, but 
I think Jamal Mosley's probably sitting pretty down there in Orlando. He's got a young backcourt, uh, and yeah. people kind of forget about that franchise, unfortunately. Yeah, and you can, you can make an argument that West Sensel Jr. is under some heat with the Wizards and the whole Bradley Beal situation, but I just think it doesn't carry the same weight as some of these other ones. Mm-hmm. And with Portland and Chauncey, part of the reason he's right there as being having the most pressure his first year is his boss – put that pressure on him when he said, you know, this roster is not going to change much. Basically we need a coach to come in and maximize it. So mm-hmm. immediately he's putting a lot of that onus on away from the front office and onto the coaching staff to really improve this, this team. And so mm-hmm. he's kind of already starting with pressure that's been put on before he was even hired. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, before we get out of here, I, I do want to congratulate LaMarcus Aldridge for making it back into the league, getting a clean bill of health. That is awesome. But I would be a disservice to myself to say I'm not a little disappointed that he didn't come back to Portland. Yeah. I think there there was, you know, some, oh, is he going to come back as a coach? And there was some Dame and LaMarcus back and forth on Twitter, you know, a few months ago. And, you know, it always kind of felt like, oh, the Blazers have this roster spot, and if LaMarcus comes back, maybe he'll come back to Portland. He ends up going to the Nets, (laughs) and the Nets, just the rich get richer, and I know LaMarcus isn't going to play a lot, and the expectation is for him to not. But when you're talking about throwing in a specialty-type player or just having that level of experience on the bench when you have young guys like Nick Claxton and Mm -hmm. a few of those other, you know, Jaleel Okafor looking to turn his career around, just to have a player – like LaMarcus on your roster is huge. Any thoughts on LaMarcus coming back, Brian? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him that they were able to work out that um, all, all his issues he had going on with his heart. But I just wish he would have came here, um, not Brooklyn. Like you said, the rich get richer. It's like <laughs> Millsap too. It's like, damn them. Yep. <laughs> you know. Uh, but what do you do? Good for yep. him. And um, yeah, hopefully he doesn't have it. You know, hopefully they've – truly figured out whatever it was that was ailing him. He's healthy and confident in his body and ready to go. Yeah. And also, I mean, uh, hopefully he's, you know, everything goes well, obviously. And now hopefully Portland does a little planning when he does come back this time when the Nets visit Portland and we'll have fans in the arena, hopefully. And, you know, we kind of do a proper tribute, proper goodbye, because we are kind of robbed of that w- with, uh, with COVID and his early exit. So yeah, good, good point. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it all turns around. So, we that's it for today's show but we are rapidly approaching training camp so we're going to ramp things up a little bit um in the next couple of weeks i mean it is knocking on the door this compressed off season is no joke i mean usually we're talking about a huge lull in content but we're really not going to have it this year i mean the blazers have stayed pretty regularly active and now we're going to start getting those early training camp stories about who looks good who's reporting early who's yep. impressed who's who's added 15 pounds of muscle who's lost 20 pounds of excess weight like we're going to get into all those stories here real shortly so we appreciate everybody listening especially through this offseason you guys are our numbers have continued to grow and that's just a a, i can't thank you enough for that level of support so uh brian you got anything before we head out of here yeah the best season of the year officially starts in two weeks autumn is on the way and so um (laughs) Along with the return to NBA basketball, it's almost hoodie weather. Everyone get excited for that as well. Exactly. Exactly. Also, some great Formula One news today. I know everybody's looking, but Mercedes has a new driver. Russell is headed to 
Mercedes. So I know everybody's really excited about Formula One news. Brian, I blazed over looking. I still haven't watched it. I have no idea what. Yeah, it, they go real fast and they make left and right turns in Formula One. It's crazy. Not just the not just the oval, which that's an improvement. Hey, hey, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod, and be sure to check out our live show on Spotify Greenroom every Saturday, bright and early at 8 a.m. Pacific.